Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. Hello and you're very welcome to this Christmas Like Family. And around homes, around the country, the table has been set for Christmas dinner. A place for a grandparent, a place for the youngest child, a place for those making a long journey home, a place for an unexpected guest. I am knocking on doors, finding out who will be gathered around the table. Like family, like Christmas. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. Beautiful fire, Geraldine. Yes, it's the the fire. I think is the is the heart of Christmas and the heart of Christmas. It's just a comfort. comfort. The heat and the warmth. It just yes. reflects how people feel yeah, around the fire. Yeah. That's Geraldine and Jacinta in Castle Mitchell in County Kildare, happily married since 2016, living a quiet, no cares life. That is until April this year when they decided to offer accommodation, a second home, to three Ukrainian young women. Twins, Maria and Antasia and Tanya. We need 10 more seconds to take Veronica out from the hot water, from the boiling water. And in the kitchen, they're preparing some traditional Ukrainian dishes. Hi, girls. Hi. What are you cooking, Tanya? Oh, we cook traditional Ukrainian dishes. Now we, like, boiled Vareniki. Uh, right now we have them with potato and meat. And did you know each other beforehand? Well, obviously the twins yeah, yeah. knew each other, but <laughs> did you know these Tanya beforehand, the twins? No, no, we met here, but my best friend, she know their best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Where did you come from in Ukraine to here? We initially came here mostly because uh, parents were too scared to leave us there because you never know where the, the missile lands and all of that. So they just sent us first to Poland, but unfortunately the amount of Ukrainians there was, was so huge that uh, it was impossible to find any accommodation. And I had a friend here in Ireland and she invited me here and we came here. And we met Tanya. <laughs> You've left so much behind. Yeah. 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 Even the luggage, I can't, I had only one backpack and that's yeah. all what I have. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, we really miss our dogs and first time our Christmas apart and all of it. And that's tough. But what's good for them is that they know we are in safety. Yeah, that, that's what Jacinta always says when she tries to calm us down when we, when we are missing home, is that at least your parents know that you are safe. We leave them to the cooking and Jordan and Jacinta take me on a tour and explain to me why they decided to open up their home to these three Ukrainian women. Do you know, there was no big discussion involved. We were just listening to what was going on and immediately we both said, we have to help. And we said, there was two free bedrooms upstairs and we said, shame on us if we don't help. It's a different house now, I can tell you, than it was eight months ago. And uh, we love it. And actually, only last night we were sitting here and the three girls were in the kitchen and we could hear the laughter. And Geraldine actually said to me, isn't it lovely to be sitting here and hearing the laughter coming from the kitchen? It has been a learning curve for us and for the girls. We've had to learn to live with three students. We were previously on our own here. 
no cares no just walk out the door and pull it behind you and we can't do that anymore but you know what there's no regrets well it's it's hard to believe that it's we're suddenly eight months down the road they're welcome to stay here for as long as they want to come here show me these rooms this is uh, Geraldine's music room where she works. Oh, Geraldine, give me a look. Oh, can I turn on the Thank lights God, here? <laughs> Thank God it's radio, yeah. So this is where Geraldine teaches. Teach. What's the music school called again? The music uh, school, sorry, is called Kjol Queen Dara School of Music. Yeah. Meaning the gentle music of the oak. Yeah. Uh, I teach piano, yes. That's what I do now for a living and oh. it's all good. I'm just thinking that was it music that brought you together? It, like, it was, it was, was, yeah, it was yeah. actually. Oh, it's a long story, but anyway, short, <laughs> short version. You, you don't have enough time. Short version was um, it was music that brought us together. A mutual yeah. friend uh, introduced us and it was her hope that we'd find a way of working together musically. And we had an amazing reaction um, after the first time we met. So she introduced us to each other and the following day, this friend of ours came to speak to each of us and we both said the same thing to her the next day. Who does that one think she is? <laughs> and that, that actually really happened. Yeah. And we couldn't abide the sight of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it took about four years. four years before we met again, really. Yeah. And then we, we, we started working together. Yeah. A bit of a rocky start. But was there a moment where you actually said... Hang on a second. But there's yeah, something completely. deeper that here. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even recognize it at first. But yeah, I quickly realized I couldn't really picture life without Geraldine. Gladly, she felt the same. So the rest, as they say, is history. We yeah. had our civil partnership in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then when we could, we got married in 2016. Big on the same date, of course, because my OCD wouldn't allow two separate dates. She was laughing at me. <laughs> Had to be the same date. <laughs> and was there a piece of music that for you both is important to you and symbolises your coming together and your connection? One song that comes to mind and it's a, And I Love You So. That we, we like that. We particularly like that song. Would you do yeah. it for me? Um, yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah, sure. Would you, are you playing it or are you... Uh, yes, if you give me two seconds. seconds. Is that, and I love you so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the words are, they're just our story, I think, you know. It reflects everything. I couldn't have written it better myself, but I won't take credit for it because Geraldine's the composer here. But anyway, this was done. And Geraldine, job. your job, your body boy, it means so much to you. I just love the, the accompaniment. I love the chords. I love the compliment. That's good. And I love the way Jacinta sings it. You do me a little. I know this is spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No. Okay. You come in a bit closer. And I love you so. The people ask me how. How I've lived till now. I tell them. I don't know I guess they understand How lonely life has been But life began again The day you took my hand Mark is uh, водою. 
для страви. Добре, для куці. Are we about to eat, girls? I can't wait to try these uh, Ukrainian starters. What's the significance of the three spoons? Because uh, of the holy, uh, oh, holy tree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, I love it. Like you can, you can take more spoons if you want, but yes. obviously it's three. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. the bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing yesterday was when um, Tanya's mother was uh, kind of coaching her and advising her on what to do, and she said, "You know, you can cool them in the snow." Well, we all just laughed. At that. <laughs> Not much snow around here. Not much snow. It's the first time we're away for Christmas from home. Like the toughest thing is that you realize that Christmas is uh, a family holiday. Even though we have everyone here, but our parents are not here and we really miss them. Jacinta and Geraldine give us a sense of home and personally I feel that I'm being taken care of and I really appreciate it. Well, it, it just struck me when the girls were speaking with you that they couldn't have known, neither family could have known that this Christmas would be so different. And who knows how special that last Christmas was, actually. We're, we're doing this by choice. The girls don't have a choice. They're doing this because they have to, to remain safe and to give their parents peace, to know that they're safe and that the future of their family is safe. Brenda, I'd like to draw your attention to the runner that's in the middle of her. Isn't it beautiful? Can you describe it? Oh, it's just beautiful. It's all embroidered and there's, it's lurex thread. There's a scene of carlers, which is traditional in Ukraine. And what's beautiful about this is this runner actually was sent to us as a gift by the parents of uh, Maria and Anastasia. They sent this beautiful card, which I'd like to read to you. It says, Dear Geraldine and Jacinta, we sincerely thank you for your shelter and support in such a difficult time for us, for your care and concern. Thank you very much for taking care of our girls. With best wishes, respect and gratitude, Masha and Nastia's parents. Blues away. Yeah. It blew us away, uh, you know, because they're thanking us for looking after their girls, but, you know, really it's a privilege to do so. And it's just the whole thing is just so sad. I think the word that jumps out at me there is shelter. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, it's very emotional, actually. And um, sorry, I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, you know, your hearts go out to them. And um, it's awful that this has to happen. But if we can help, we're glad to do so. Thank you so much, Jacinta. Thank you so much, Geraldine. Uh, we really appreciate what you're doing for us. We are really thankful for you uh, being our parents here, you are Irish parents here. <laughs> you made our tough time a bit easier. It feels better thanks to you and thanks to your support. We're not doing it for you thanks, but, yeah. but thanks girls. Yeah, it just means we have to buy three more Christmas presents this year. <laughs> so please God, this time next year, you'll all be at home celebrating Christmas with your own families. And to that we'll say, Merry Christmas and cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. We are going to give this one last mix. Okay. Oh, my okay, you ready? I'm turning my eyes, my brain. Okay, Ow. I need you to turn this off. So this is basically cement for gingerbread houses. It's royal icing, and this is what's going to keep our gingerbread house up as a 3D structure. So that means we will need a gingerbread truck to 
but there's raw icing in. Yeah, pretty much. You so much of it. Okay, Alex, I need you to bash down. Give this whisk a bash to okay. get all the icing off it. It'll be all worth it. Yeah. That's nine-year-old Alex with his mum, well-known pastry chef Louise Lennox, along with baby sister Lottie Bow. They've come to Louise's mum and dad's house in Dublin to make a gingerbread house. I would just call it in one word, magical. When I was a child, I have the most vivid memory of my mum bringing me to a demonstration and they made the most amazing gingerbread house and I'd never seen one before. And I'd always vowed when I grew up, I was going to recreate gingerbread house. So being able to pass this tradition down to my own kids, for me, it's just come full circle. I just, I absolutely love it. And it, we make it once a year. And when I get it down, I can never remember the recipe. I can't remember the steps. I have to still read over my own method. It is just sparking this joy. And I hope that I pass it on to Alex and Lottie Bo to follow on this tradition when they grow up. The smell of cinnamon baking in the oven with the ginger it's just lovely and it is a process I mean to make it, it you make it in stages and every time I do it I, I'll have Christmas songs on the background and I love every step of it and then seeing the kids faces is just worth it Christmas for me is all about memories and it's always been around food with my mum smells that would just fill the kitchen when I smell them now it reminds me of being in this kitchen with my mum all around Christmas time. You've all invaded your mum's kitchen here, speaking of your mum and memories. Maureen, what's your job here making the gingerbread man? Do you have a job or are you just providing the kitchen? The kitchen. Don't I do enough? <laughs> no, no. I love Christmas. And the main thing is family. Louise, when you look at your mum and everything she's been through in business and life, what have you gained from her and what is important? Resilience, because I think in business and raising kids, and it, it is, it's resilience, it's tough. And self-belief, I always learned self-belief from my mum and my dad. All five of my siblings were all dyslexic. Mum and dad let us use their house as our experiments. So it was experimenting with cooking, experimenting with painting, paint effects. They were very supportive of anything that we wanted to do. Well, I think I'm so yes. privileged that they want to come to me. First thing we're going to do is we just pipe along one of the edges. Me. And this, yeah, I'm going to get you to hold this. This is where I need Alex to hold it with your hands, okay? And now if you pipe along the front of the house where the door goes, just along here. See up here? It is pretty fun. Like, I really enjoy doing this. Spend time with my mum and just baking. This, this, is, this is the moment of truth because here's my dad and to make sure that this house was architecturally safe, dad constructed it and it's always when we go to do the roof that's the scary part because um, sometimes it has collapsed in, the, in, in, in times previous. So this is the trick to the no, roof, Alex. Will you, will you pipe lots of icing along that seam of the roof? And Alex is very brave because when I do it I can't even take a breath. Louise, I'm actually in awe. Oh okay. my god, that looks so cool. The, you put the little star on top of the chimney? The star. Really fantastic. Okay, I'm finished. Do you love it, Alex? Yes, I do. This, for me, is what Christmas is all about. Watching Alex create the gingerbread house and now that he's finished it. And like, just look in amazement of how you can watch and see Christmas through a child's eyes. 
Oh, and the beautiful, beautiful smell of ginger from it. <gasps> and decorating the gingerbread house is just magical. And it's beautiful. And Alex has done an amazing job. I'm so proud of you. So Christmas dinner was the starter hai, onion bhaji or vegetable pakoda rakha and for the main course vegetable tikka masala, chicken tikka masala. Kitta log tan lagya asi aapne. Even if it's more, we'll be happy to serve them. Yeah, more than happy to serve them. Brothers Vikram and Jitandra run the Star Indian restaurant in Dundalk and for a third year the family will be offering a free Christmas Day dinner to those in need. The brothers are finalising their menu and they tell me why they do this. Vikram. Uh, for the Christmas Day, we are opening our rest- takeaway area and uh, for the people who need support. This idea came from my father. Uh, as we were younger, we were used to see my father helping other people when he was in India. Uh, even we were not in great position, but still he used to help. So that's how we got to learn these things. And then when we came to Ireland, we had, we were also struggling because of the recession. We understand how bad it can be when you are struggling, and especially in the uh, Christmas time. So that's how we learned, like we should do this. And plus also we want to do our best to uh, for the community as they have been supporting us since uh, first day we opened in Dundalk. So we just want to give back something to the Dundalk community. Your brother Jitandra is here with you as well. Yeah. It's not turkey and ham you're offering. No, it's not. It's, it's, it will be the full Indian menu. Oh. It happened last year as well. Elderly people walked in and some of the uh, elderly ordered delivery as well, home delivery. We are open to everyone. What a nice thing to do. I think amazing. Give yourselves a bit of a, a clap there. It's lovely. It really is. Thank you. I'm looking around at your extended family here, Victor, but I'm thinking back to when your father first came to Ireland. Can you tell me all about your your family's journey to Dundalk? started with my father he he came to Ireland in 2004 uh, from Rajasthan north side Rajasthan and as a chef and then he brought me here in 2007 and when I came here after a few months uh, there was a a recession here so we had to move from different place to different place we have chance around um, 10 to 14 places in different towns in Ireland we've been and we worked, the COVID hit, then we moved to Tundalk. I'm thinking of your dad coming over here in 2004. Was it to provide a better life for his family? What were the circumstances? They weren't great. Mm. That's why he had to come here. This was the only chance he had. Like He, he was 36, 37, mm. so he chose to come to Ireland. He started calling one by one, all of us, and we've been following his path as well. He arrived in 2004, and then I arrived in 2011. That's wow. the first time I saw him after since 2004. So this big moment was like, you know, I was, I think, uh, 12 or 13 year old. And then I arrived here, I was 18 years. So, you know, big, big moment for us, you know. So you both probably sacrificed a lot, really, to set up a life here. We did. And I think my brother, he, he especially credit to him as well. He stood uh, with him. My dad, he doesn't speak English. But my brother, he, he learned English and he he stood with him. He's the backbone of the family. But I've seen my father struggling, working hard to bring family here. 
and uh, working uh, sometime i seen him working uh, seven days a week and you know from morning to late night and i used to uh, see him you know in, uh, always in stress you know thinking about family and just more stress you know when you have family in two parts so our idea is to you know to survive in ireland like especially for immigrants is to stick together like as a fa- if you're family you stick together and we help each other in every way possible we are very happy happy christmas from our family from sitar family happy christmas happy, happy christmas, christmas. <laughs> look we have to get a hamper from the food bank to get notes in it do you want to have a look yeah Logan, your favorite custards. to the people that help us with the bags of food every couple of weeks. Can't believe I'm after getting this now. I needed that Christmas cake. I needed that Christmas pudding as well. So that's everything sorted for the Christmas table on Christmas Day. I'm happy. <laughs> the kids are happy. We're all happy now. Rosie is a single mum to three very lively boys. Like so many others, she's struggling to pay her bills. She reached out to the People's Food Bank in Bluebell and they've just dropped off a Christmas food hamper. Rosie tells me how long she's been using the food bank. I actually went to the food bank there for the first time a year and a half ago. People's food bank. And the reason for it was because I got bombarded with bills and stuff like that. So it just it was suffocating here in the house when it came to actually coming in buying the shopping. So now the food bank are delivering a parcel every single week. It's a godsend. They have my number and they'll ring and they'll actually ask me at Christmas time as well. Have you got this? Have you got this? Are you all set for Christmas? Have you got turkey? Have you got ham? So stuff like that is huge, especially when you're so young with young kids and you have so many bills coming in the door, you know, that way. So I find that it just it's a relief actually getting them to help. Did you ever think that you'd be in a situation where somebody would be bringing you no. a food parcel? No. To be honest, I put myself into a worse situation and it just happened like that. You know, mm. that way these bills, I just couldn't keep up with the hike of the electricity and gas and stuff like that. Like you're going through about 80 or like on heating alone for five days, you know, that way. Like, so it's crazy. So it's just to budget out everything. It just, it, it seemed like it wasn't enough. So I had to reach out. I had to go. And it was only for the sake I had kids. If it was me, myself kind of a thing, I'd probably get through it, but I won't put them boys through that. Not if I'm going to be offered to help and they're willing to help me as well. So I've been very appreciative with them helping. How does it impact in your life, the whole cost of living crisis? Uh, it can affect me sleeping. It can affect me appetite. I never planned on the situation that I'm in. I'm on a set income. It's not possible to afford anything bar gas and food. I ended up going back to my mother's house there um, a week and a half ago because I actually just finished off paying a 600 euro electricity bill that literally just got thrown onto me one day. I went to her for the first time. I met at my house, my mother's house the last 12 years. So it was a big deal for me to ring her and ask, look, I can't afford to pay for the heating in this house and shopping and Christmas. So she saying that I was struggling. She offered for me and the kids to go down and stay there for the week. That was a big, big, big moment for me to do, like to actually go back after 12 years, you know what I mean? It's not that I'm fighting or anything. I don't fight with my family. I love them too. It's like, but it's just, 
I'm an adult. I'm living my own life. It can get on top of you. It can make you have insomnia, not sleep, and just feel so little in yourself. It sometimes can be suffocating. My boys, they're, they're everything to me. They're honestly my will to live when it comes to everything here. They're my reason for actually getting through all of this. But, but now I've got three crazy boys. Crazy boys. <laughs> like jumping off counters off like five foot drops kind of boys. How'd you get through it, Rosie? Because I have to. I'm looking at you when you're, uh, let's put it like this, a fine looking woman, okay? Oh, makeup can do that. <laughs> <laughs> makeup is amazing. I'm really, really good at makeup. All that you have on your plate or not on your plate being the point. How are you looking after yourself? I'm grand. I'll be okay. Once I get through Christmas Day and they're happy, I can focus on me then come January. And what would that mean? I'm doing a course in January, the 12th of January. So that's what I mean by that. Like, so that. And what, what is your course in? It'll be geography, environmental sciences. So I want to hopefully teach geography in time to come. But that's me looking after me. That's me focusing on that. Because if I get work out of that in time to come, then it'll be better for them. I won't be in this situation worrying so much. Despite everything that we've had to go through this year, at the end of the day, if we get this dinner done and I see they're happy, it's going to be so worthwhile. It'll be the satisfaction that I needed. And then hopefully it'll create little memories for them as well. I just, I want to make sure that they're happy for that day. Thank you, Rosie. And to find out more about the People's Food Bank, go to the Bluebell CDP Facebook page. But before I leave the house, two of our boys, Kyle and Logan, talk Christmas. Kyle, you're seven. What are you excited about for Christmas? Love and family. That's a very big answer. Why do you say that? Because I love my family. What are you excited for Christmas for? Because I get a bunch of airplanes and a bunch of snowmans and open presents. Go get airplane and have some weed. I love you. And I love you. And I love you too. No, no, people on the radio. You love the listeners. (laughs) You can't say you're not loved. I'm back on the road again for our last family visit to Maguirestown in County Fermanagh. Cahan, are you going to help set the table? Can you believe we have two extra at the table this year? You weren't even supposed to be here. <laughs> we'll have to make room for the high chairs. And then put your mother at one end and Barry at the other end. Yeah. Good. And Daddy watching over. It's going to be a different Christmas this year, isn't it? It sure will. Magic. Isn't that right, you man? <laughs> isn't that right? Yes. That's Stevie and Kira. No. Both have always wanted a family, but have had many years of a fertility struggle. This Christmas is going to be extra special as they make room for the high chairs for their two sons, Cahan and Cohen, born five months apart. They have some story to tell, but first, how do they actually meet? Who's going ahead? <laughs> <laughs> we met at a dance in the Four Seasons in Monaghan. I was out doing my line dancing on the floor with my mates and this John Travolta <laughs> came up beside me with all his fancy moves and we called him Happy Feet. He just gave me a high five after the dance and disappeared. I was searching around for this boy the whole night and couldn't find him and found him at the end of the night and asked him for a dance. He said he was too tired. <laughs> Isn't that right? right story now. That's just right, and you know what you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, no, that is actually how it happened. Yeah. And then my heart got flutters, and I didn't know what to say. And then, was it 
the next that, night no that night at five o'clock in the morning we added each other on facebook yeah. the rest is history that was yeah. it we never stopped talking <laughs> so don't stop talking <laughs> and did you know immediately that there was something very strong here when you know you know yeah we were only together nine so months nine months we were together and we got engaged so you just you know it's the one and that's it so wonderful you found each other start to plan a future together and then you hit a roadblock after we got engaged in August 17, we were going to plan the wedding straight away. But we decided instead of doing the wedding that we would try for a baby first. So that's what we done when we started trying in 2017. But things weren't happening. And we went to the GP and we got all the tests done. And there's a long waiting list for um, treatment on the NHS for IVF, which we were told that we needed. So because of that, we decided to, to go privately. We... Went over to a clinic over in the Czech Republic and we had a round of IVF and we created five wee embryos and it was there then that we discovered that there was both male and female factor infertility issues. So then the clinic turned around and said, it's time to stop. Um, you're not going to be able to carry. So what we're saying to you now is that you need to go down the route of gestational surrogacy. But it takes its toll on you financially, obviously. And emotionally, and it definitely takes a toll on it, on your relationship. It consumes you. You lose your social life. You lose your friends because you're just so tunnel visioned towards that one goal of a baby that you just everything else seems to come secondary. I would say probably the most difficult part of me, or for the journey for me, was watching Kira having to mourn the loss of her own body nearly. It was like a mourning for a good year, two years maybe where it was kind of like we're not able to conceive naturally and we have to go down through the surrogacy. So that was the hardest part for me. We slash I researched. Done a very good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we researched and eventually then we found a surrogate over in England who was willing to match with us. And the first transfer worked? Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. We were delighted. So then what happened? Well, then we're absolutely over the moon. So our surrogate lives over in England. The first pregnancy test that they took over in England, we'd done a FaceTime to see if the transfer had worked or not. And we just broke down. We bawled and we bawled and we bawled. Obviously all happy tears. Things were all kicking into place and this little man was, was growing away. Yeah, we were just overjoyed and we were planning. We were painting the nursery and it was a spare room that was full of junk. I just didn't feel right when we were painting and... I just had these ongoing symptoms and I was thinking, what's wrong and all the rest? And I thought, no, surely not. So I decided to go and take a pregnancy test, but obviously didn't expect to see anything and just assumed my head's playing tricks again. You know, we've been told this can't happen. We've been trying for years. Took the test and lo and behold, <laughs> it was positive. The nursery where Stevie was painting, I just set the test down in front of him. I said to him, I said, you know, don't get excited. To be totally honest, the first thing I think I said to you was, the test is probably out of date. And then it wasn't until the following day that you went to the chemist and got a new test. And I was actually in work and you rang me. And I was like, oh, I can't believe this. I just went straight into someone that I was working with and I said, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to be a father to two babies in the next year. <laughs> I was on bed rest for the first 12 weeks, just waiting every day. You know, and then as it started to get closer and closer to the 12 weeks, then we started to think, could this really be it? You know, could this really happen? This is just a mad timeline because your surrogate was carrying your baby and he was born and you called him. Called him Cahan, which means little battler. I thought it was a very fitting name to give him. 
So then we brought Cahan home from England. Five months later, along came little Cohen. A perfect baby boy, nine pound, three ounces. And Cohen means twin. It's the Irish for twin, which we thought was very fitting because with there only been five months between Cahan and Cohen, it was symbolising the little Irish twin. Kira, I suppose to go to such a place where you felt low about yourself, you didn't want to go out with your friends, everything was a struggle. To suddenly have <laughs> two babies, <laughs> two healthy babies. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. For so long, we thought we were going to have none. We thought that there's somebody above was was working magic for us. And to say we were beyond blessed, we said we'd never ask for anything again. All we ever wanted was a baby and <laughs> we got two. And my friend actually got me a keyring. And on the keyring it says, sometimes when you pray for one miracle, God grant you two. Can you believe that we have four stockings at the bottom of the tree? So you have Daddy, Mammy, Cahan and Cohen. Like I never thought for one minute that there'd come a Christmas where we'd have four stockings at the bottom of the tree. This whole home has changed so much. There will be a table here now at Christmas and we'll have a high chair on either side of it. Good boy. I know. Is Santa coming? I think this Christmas is going to be the happiest Christmas that we've ever had. Now we have that little man that defied all the odds is going to be at one end of the table and our gorgeous wee surrogate baby at the other end. And honestly, our hearts are bursting. Our hands are full and so is our hearts. It just means everything to to have the table full at Christmas. It's going to be an extra special Christmas this year. And next Christmas, we're getting married. (laughs) So (laughs) sometimes it does catch you for words. To be sitting in our home now with two gorgeous, healthy wee men, five months apart. What, what more could anyone ask for for Christmas? No present under the tree will ever compare to what we have at our table. What a magical Christmas story. And before I leave, the talk once more returns to music where they tell me that Christy Moore's The Voyage sums it all up perfectly. Why is this song important to you, The Voyage, Christy Moore? Sure, the words, the words are exactly us, you know. We started this out together. It took us a while. Um, did battle a relationship, but we now have our full crew. Yep, I agree. <laughs> There's nothing more can be said on that. I think that's it. Light is an ocean, and love is a boat. In troubled waters, it keeps us afloat. When we started the voyage, there was just me and you. Now, gathered round us, we have our own crew. That's it from me, Brenda Donoghue, on this very special Christmas-like family. Thanks to all the families who talked to me. Thank you for listening. And I wish you and yours a very happy Christmas. (laughs) 